0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundtalentMedia.com. Break it down, Dada. Break it down, oh, break it down. Break it down, oh, break it down.
1: Break it down, oh.
0: Hey, Downers! Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, today we're doing another band breakdown episode. These have turned out to be really popular, and I'm glad because you you like these things, and they benefit some bands, and it's it's just one way that I earn revenue with this podcast. It really is turning out great. Now, just to be clear, these bands have paid for these spots and to be featured on the show here, and I have not agreed and and wouldn't agree to say things that I don't mean and that are not true about the music. So if I say anything about it, it's going to be true, it's going to be my opinion and chiefly I intend to just find what I think is interesting about it and that's what drives this whole show is just me being interested and curious about things and one thing I like and know a decent amount about is music so it is enjoyable for me to to hear these bands and hear what people are up to and uh, I hope they can get some exposure and then it can help them and then I hope that it can help other people out there that are trying to write music or learn Music, or just learn how to listen to music, I think, is, par- is part of this whole exercise. And I'm quite glad to be able to help bands out as hard as it is to get your band heard and as much noise is out there to be able to do bands on a show like this and get them heard and serve them and everybody. It, it is great. So, again, break it down pod at gmail.com if you want to get your band on the show. All right, so let's get right to work. This week, the first band that we're going to listen to and talk about is called Strange Her. S-T-R-A-N-G space H-E-R, Strange Her. The song is called Cannons. And if you want to check out this band while we're listening to the song, as I recommend that you do, go to strangehermusic.com or facebook.com forward slash strangehermusic. These guys are from Alabama. And uh, here's their song, (laughs) Cannons. I wanna... start here. Now, here's the thing. I saw this band, Strange Her. I think the name might be a little bit uh, difficult because you always have to explain it to people. And then I saw that they are from Alabama. And so I was kind of nervous that it wouldn't, it wouldn't be very good. But guess what? That, As you probably think, too, that track is great. I think this stuff's killer. Uh, it's quite interesting. And I, I think the music's a little bit complex here, which is is really nice. It has a, uh, a really good energy to it. Uh, and that's a vague word, I know, energy. But really, it's got the quality where it's kind of, uh, it's got some excitement to it, but it's not because it's extra loud or extra heavy. Uh, there's, in fact, a lot of subtlety to it in a lot of the decisions they made uh, aesthetically. So I want to talk about the word aesthetic and the word complex, which is the two things that I think these guys get right. So just starting with their website alone, which is strangeher uh, strangehermusic.com, um, Isn't that right? Let me double check that. Yep. Strangehermusic.com. The site looks good. Their artwork looks good. The site feels good. And then they've got a video there that also looks good. Uh, The production on the song itself, I find to be tasteful. And they've got good photography. So clearly, these guys have a uh, grip on what, on on their whole, everything they're doing, they see it as art. And, uh, That's a pretty important thing. And it's kind of a hard thing to do is to, especially when you're a newer band, to have a grip on how not only should you come across sonically but uh, visually. Because, you know, I always thought that I was good at music but I have no idea about art or websites or photography and those kinds of things. And these guys seem to have all those things kind of already going. Uh, And when I say complex, there's subtle things in the music and things like that that aren't really, really obvious choices. So they're less than obvious choices. So the way, for instance, they did something that kind of reminds me of a breakdown in the song. I'll play that part for you here. Um, So listen to this right here. This is kind of like a bridge and then a breakdown of a song. So this band, uh, they used some different vocal tones, like some aggressive, some trade-off stuff, but they didn't quite go into screaming and the music builds. And then when it gets to the part that's supposed to be the heavy or the payoff, they kind of went a little different direction, changed the drum sound a little bit, and then kind of left it empty with a a little guitar effect sound. So they didn't beat you over the head with a a super on the nose, screamy breakdown payoff. And that's a a good thing. Uh, People from the South (laughs) <laughs> sometimes aren't known for being cutting edge. I've worked with bands from Alabama before, and um, sometimes they're not that great. Sometimes they're stuck in the in the new metal zone. And these guys are not, and I appreciate that uh, very much. But listen to this bridge of, of the song. I'm going to play that again and uh, see if you hear what I'm talking about as far as this being complex and and a little bit subtle and a little less than on the nose. Holding on to your Okay, so I hope you see what I mean there. But uh, good work on that, guys. Uh, Another thing that I really liked about that I want to take a second on is the chord progression that they used in their chorus. Now, uh, to me, if you can get a chord progression that is unique or uncommon, and then make it, or, or maybe even a little bit weird in some ways, but then make it feel normal, then you've done a really good thing, and that's what they've done here. So this. Chorus chord progression centers around the two chord, uh, so I'm reading this in the key of E, even though it may be transposed a half step lower than that. Uh, so in the key of E, this chord, this chorus goes two, six, four for the first half of it. That's an F sharp minor, and then C sharp minor, and then A, and then then the second half of the chorus goes two, and then one, and then five, and then a real quick. Uh, three, kind of pick up back to, to the beginning. And that's a little bit uncommon to, to focus on the two chord so much like that. It gives it a really neat feel. And in this whole song, they use the one chord uh, very sparingly, which is really nice. It gives it almost a little bit of a, a modal uh, feel. And uh, So let me play the chorus. Here's the chords actually. I'll just play it on guitar here for you. And then I'll play their version of it. Okay, so here's the chord progression. Two, six... Four, two, one, five, three. Which I think is really neat. I really do. So good work on that one. If you have a good feel to a song and a clever chord progression, man. You're off to a a killer start. So good work on that. Uh, I love the single coil uh, sound of some pickups there and some cleaner stuff. It's not super. It's not not trying to be too aggressive. There's there's no overuse of distortion. There's a lot of empty space. There's a lot of bass fills stuff like that. So I I really do think that's good. Um, These guys have a question that I want to take as well. I think is you know regarding the production itself. Hey Matt, what are some things you can do? when recording an album to maintain the raw authenticity of the band and their music without sacrificing production quality mhm okay so i'll answer that question first by saying the fact that you're asking that question is 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 great you're on the right track and you're probably not going to screw it up based on just based on the fact that you are paying attention to that because most bands especially younger bands or newer bands uh they're focused not on the subtlety of how to keep it raw and natural and and the worst thing in the world is we've gotten to a place where it's so easy to record music and record it on a high level and edit and replace and do all this stuff that um that that's what people gravitate towards, and if you're not thinking, if you're not thinking in subtlety, you just want it the strongest, the loudest, the most optimized. And again, that just spells out something being on the nose, which is never actually a really good thing in entertainment to, to be. Is predictable. So even if you're what you're trying to be is optimized and heavy and all that stuff, that that stuff being heavy and aggressive and super clean and chopped up and all that, that kind of was cool uh, when when stuff was, when that wasn't that predictable. So now that it's become such commonplace, we do need to move in the other direction. And, uh, I'm not even going to criticize you guys recording at all, uh, because I kind of like it. So don't overtune, don't over edit and do everything you can to get real performances. So it, especially when you're a new band, you have the ability to practice forever, uh, before you go into a studio and, See if you can't get whole takes. See if you can't focus on playing your parts all the way through front to back. And and you don't have to do that exactly, but it will go a long way. Uh, And then... Tell the producer just say hey I want to play it this way I don't want you to edit unless unless you have to so let's let's try to let's try to keep this there but the words you're looking for is character basically so if something's wrong if something is out of tune if something bothers you it's it's totally okay to fix it and seek to you don't want to play bad on purpose but when you hear anything that sounds like it's character that's unique that's what you're going for so don't focus so much on right and wrong but is it character or is it vanilla and if something's too perfect of course it's vanilla it doesn't sound like anybody played it It sounds like a midi track and so what you're looking for is if there's some string buzz if if you can live with stuff then definitely live with it and um i think people's ears are going to start readjusting out of that phase where we want everything to be super perfect so uh there's a lot of times when I've recorded something and my urge was to over fix it. And I have done that. I've been very guilty of that. And a lot of times if I work with the producer, they'll tell me, no, I like that. I like what you did there. So having an outside ear, or a producer that isn't obsessed with fixing everything, but a mature uh, outside ear can actually help you understand uh, what it is that you're doing that's good and bad, what has character, or what's annoying. Uh, but that's really what it comes down to. You want your band to be the most unique version of itself with the most character, the most stylized version of yourself is the right answer. Now, whether that be overproduced, if that's what you're going for, then just I don't know. Go for it. But essentially, you want to be unique. You guys have done a good job of doing that. Uh, so thank you to Strange Her. That's strangehermusic.com. Uh, if you like them, go tell them you like them. Like their Facebook page, etc. See where they're playing. They've got some shows. They're from Alabama. Good work, guys. All right. The next band that we're doing today is a band called Elk Grove. And uh, here we go. I'm going to go ahead and play a song of theirs. It's called A Sense of Urgency. You can go to facebook.com slash Elk the band while we're listening or elkgrove.bandcamp.com. Okay. All right, so this that's, again, that's Elk Grove, and their song is called Sense of Urgency, elkgrove.bandcamp.com, or Elk Grove the band, on Facebook. Now, I'm going to give some criticism on this one, so forgive me, I ain't trying to be mean or anything, but I'm going to diagnose this as a case of uh, just trying to do too much, is what I'm going to say. So... The criticisms I have, I'll get them out of the way, and then I'll say the things that I like and what I think the potential is. Um, I think I think there's just too many different things trying to be squeezed into one song uh, all the way around. Too many devices are used here, I believe, to achieve an effect that would be... I think it's supposed to be complex and interesting and changing, and I, and I like that. But uh, for one thing, the the space is is kind of a mismatch. So there's different amounts of uh, reverb and distance and delay on things that doesn't make the song sound like it's in one place. I can't tell what it's a little distracting to the listener to not be able to know where you are sonically. You know, do you feel like you're in a cathedral here in something ambient or, or is it some really up close rock band that's super dry? Um, and all those things can be cool and there may be a way to pull that off in one song. Uh, but this isn't quite it. And, and part of it is cause there's so many other things that, that are, that are not normal in the song too. And I appreciate the attempt at complexity, but, um, also, the form of the song is not, there's no, uh, not much repetition or a chorus, and I really like that. That's actually a good thing, um, but, and then there's a bunch of production elements that are uh, different, too, so different editing styles in it and other little devices that are in here. So, overall, there's two, even though I like the the, the attempts at each of those things individually uh, as expression, if you cram all those into one song, there's nothing left to anchor me into uh, normalcy. So, like for instance, maybe the form of the song could be really normal, and then you play with the the space and the reverb. But you know, from part to part, if 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 you need something to grasp onto that's predictable and intelligible and understandable, so that the other, so that the interesting things about your choices seem interesting in, uh, in contrast. So. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think there's there's a little bit too much of, and I, I know people don't like to be called overproduced, but I think the song's slightly overproduced. And then last bad thing is when the song is is loud, it's, it's just too loud. It's overdriven on the mastering or the mixing a little bit, and it's it's uh, it, it, you lose some of the dynamic parts. So my favorite parts of the songs w- are probably just the spacier, less... Uh, less volume less clippy type of a a thing going on I I uh, think it'll be really I think a way to think about pr- production and overproduction is to uh is to just focus on the dynamics and the space and that's what we're talking about in this song so Again, you want to have some element that's familiar. So maybe you choose the drum sound or the guitar sound, but make something be an anchor. Now, out of all the sounds that are in here, the ones that I like the most are the guitar effects. There's very cool use of delays and reverbs and stuff on the guitar that actually sounds quite natural and realistic to me. So if I'm producing and it's me, I'm going to tell this band, let's get some more organic Uh, sound in drums, maybe simpler, maybe even less aggressive sound in drums, like less heavy even, Uh, but just more rock solid, sound like a rock drum set. And then I would build around the effect guitar, and then I would put a really, really kind of dry, rock-solid bass there, and then I would, yeah, I would suggest doing very little effect, just enough on the voice to make it not sound ultra dry or uncomfortable, and let the guitar do the work of of space building, and I think that could be really, really cool, and so I think there's a lot of potential here. I think this band can be really good, uh, especially if they just focus on it so people can identify exactly what it is. Think of it this way. You want to set a vibe for your band that people could describe in a sentence or so. Uh, so for Elk Grove here, let me give a one sentence description of what I think you could be. And maybe you could strive to, you know, basically you want to come up with a one sentence description of your band and then try to be that description. Uh, and I would say a, uh, an exp- semi-experimental, um, non-repetitive uh, indie rock band that can actually get really heavy that centers around uh, some atmospheric and guitar effect-driven music. That could be really cool if you could just be a very good optimized version of that and, and keep the recording a bit more raw and a bit more in, you know, one space. All right, so I have a question from Elk Grove here. Let's uh, Let's hear it.
1: Hey, Matt. My name is Cody, and I play drums in Elk Grove. Uh, What is the key to collaboration, and what do you think is the best way to collaborate with your band?
0: Well, let me answer that one specific to your band. I think the best way for your band to collaborate would be a more of a in-the-room, live approach. I think with the way that I'm feeling and hearing your band... I would really like to see or hear. I think I think it would work well for you guys to get in a room together and uh, jam out your music more and multi-track record less. So if you can, I think that would solve some of the space issues and production issues. I think you could be more raw and real and just make sure that everybody is feeling every minute of the sound you're creating together cohesively and less focused on uh, the layering and the tracking and each individual part in the production. Um, Some bands do better as it's like songwriting and then you figure out how to like create the tracks. But this band to me sounds almost like Jamming in the room and capture it is the got to be the way to go. The the kind of thing where you know when you get the energy and the space right in the room and then capture that. I bet this band sounds really good live. I bet they pull these songs off well, and I bet it's even more impressive uh, when they've got good sound and have got stuff really going on in the room. And it's a shame when a band has that going on, but then... uh, overdoes it in the studio, but I think you guys, that's not a hard fix for you guys. I think you can do it, and again, that's just my opinion, and I'm sorry if I'm not hard on, if I'm hard on you at all there. I think you can, you can uh, sort this out by just being a little more raw, a little more straight to the point, and a little bit more clear um, with what your intent is. What are the things that you want to do that are different and experimental, and what are the things that, that, that could go and be more rock solid? Combine rock solid and raw with experimental That would be a great move for you guys, and good luck to you. That's Elk Grove, and you can find them, support them, and follow their career. I think I I hope they're going to do a good job, and I think they will. That's facebook.com forward slash elkgrove the band and elkgrove.bandcamp.com. Thank you guys very much. Okay, up next is a band called Valence. And the song here is called Purple is a Royal Color. You can go to valenstoons.com right now and check them out while we're listening to the track. All right, let's do a question right away on this one. I've got a question here from, uh, from Andrew.
1: Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for offering to showcase my music on your podcast. I appreciate the opportunity to let your listeners hear my song. What is your opinion on electronic music that is not dance pop competing with traditional rock bands in the market? Is the niche genre of electronic rock just as viable or is there a prevalent stigma that electronic music is not as quote-unquote real as live bands? I mean, outside of a few artists like, you know, Al City or Skrillex, it seems to me that electronic music producers, as a general rule, are not as commercially successful as other bands. In your opinion, what can be done to legitimize electronic music as an art form that deserves similar consideration to mainstream music releases?
0: Okay, Andrew, I've got a lot of thoughts on this. It's a good question there, too. It's a lot to, to really dig into. So I want to talk about your music, but let me address your question first, or maybe we'll just tie the two together there. I don't know if there's a stigma. I don't know if that's what's going on uh, with electronic music. So before we even define this music itself as electronic Um, I'm going to say, most importantly, it's instrumental. So the biggest thing about this music, the biggest thing by far that defines it is the fact that there's no vocals on it. And that's not a bad thing, but it is the defining factor here. And then whether it's electronic or how the sounds got where they were and if they were programmed and by who and how easy or difficult it was is secondary. So, first of all, I don't know if there's a stigma either. I kind of believe in the free market principle that says if something, if people like something, they'll like it. And most of the people that are listening, they don't judge something um, based on anything and nor do they know how it is created. For the most part, music fans and listeners simply like what they like and they do not know why. They don't know it's because it's electronic or this or that or the other thing. So keep that in mind. Now, as far as if the people that are really into music or critics or you know musicians themselves they sometimes criticize electronic music because it's uh oh it's cheating all you need is a laptop you're not really doing anything you know real instruments are real and we live in a time of where obviously authenticity is valued and stuff so some people confuse the fact of something is electronic for the fact that it didn't require skill or proficiency, but let me hold you up as an example of someone who does have skill and proficiency in programming. Uh, you're very good at it. The, the, the sounds that I'm hearing there from that harpy sound to the, the drum programming and the, the shuffle, the shuffly nature of some of it. And the fact that the volumes are, uh, they're organic feeling to me it's, there's loud things and soft things and accents. And you've taken a lot of time and detail and are a very good, uh, Musical and electronic programmer. So I kind of read from your thing that you feel stigmatized or maybe underappreciated. Um, but what I would suggest is if you're trying to compete with commercially successful people, whether uh, pop, that is, Owl City, I mean, that's just, that's not who you're competing with here, uh, or even Skrillex. Um, to me, what I'm hearing that you're doing, to me, sounds like it uh, should be more geared toward. And focused on stuff like being background music for other media, for film, for TV, for commercials, and that kind of thing. And that doesn't even mean that people can't and won't become fans of, of your music in itself. I mean, we've seen that happen with Explosions in the Sky. They kind of just got known for something instrumental and then wind up having a fan base. Um, and there's a band that, that I work with called. At, at, at BC Music called Lowercase Noises, and, and that's a, a guy named Andy, and he, it's all instrumental. And we find that people love that music. The barrier is, since it doesn't have vocals, and it's not exactly hooky or poppy, it's very hard to get people to give it a chance. But once they give good, well-thought-out instrumental or electronic music a chance or get introduced to it in the right context, they often do like it. And so... Uh, you can't get somebody to like this music maybe in a 15-second clip or a 30-second thing or even listen to one song one time. But if you introduce it underneath a podcast or along with some film or associate it with Other visual stuff, um, then it can work, and that's why dance music works really well because you know there's a the music is passively entering. There's a you know there's a little tango between the music and the dancing. They go back and forth, but it's not like you sit around and listen to dance music like you do pop music, and it's not like instrumental music is. I mean, it's just a different thing. So I think you could focus on your career and maybe build it on sync and and film licensing. Uh, there's, there's a, there's, there's more video content being created than ever before. And so people that are good at making digital music, um, what a great thing is it is easier. It is low overhead. It is simpler in a way, but it can serve, um, its purpose really well and then still can translate to commercial or pop, uh, success, uh, in the long run too. So, if I'm going to criticize your track at all, which I think is great, I think your programming is good, uh, I think some of that guitar is real. I, I'm assuming that's real guitar in there. If not, it's really good programming. But um, I think there might be a lack of a hook uh, in the song. There's nothing that stood out to me as catchy. So, And it, I'm not saying that it has to, but I think there is some room for a little bit more uh, thematic composition or mm, counterpoint or something, as you would put it in a... In a I think that as a a composer, which you are, you could probably try to draw out a master melody or a theme that shows up uh, or is a little bit more clear. And that's the only criticism I would give this. But I love some of the textures and some of the feel and and vibe for it. So... uh, Uh, You know, another thing that would be really good to consider here, as I'm sure you do this by yourself, uh, collaboration. You might find that there's people, that there is room for vocals here or collaboration with other artists. Um, I'm sure you would be a good remixer for other artists. So you could reprogram and... uh, sequence out let's say an Emery song so what, you know do a version like this and then take a, a vocal track uh, or stem I'll send you one if you want to and you can you can score or compose uh, a remix of an Emory song and that's a way to get known and get people familiar with with what it is that you do um that's just the idea. But I, I think you could put it, mix it with other forms of media to get known. And I again, I would work on seeing if there is some way to develop more of a, a, a melodic theme or hook here in your music. But great job with it. Uh, great job. I really do. I do appreciate the, the question and the submission. And I hope people will come... Go check out your music. It's it's called Valence, and uh, that song called Purple is a royal color. Go to valentstunes and I tell you what. One more thing. I bet you there's people out there that do video that it's hard to find uh, music to put under stuff sometimes. So I bet there's other creators out there that are up and coming video, and they might would like to use your music. So listen, check out Valence. Tunes.com and then see if, uh, you know see if contact andrew and find out if uh, maybe maybe you could collaborate with some other people out there and and, and get something going that's that's what i would suggest uh, can they contact you on com? let me look at the website and make sure that's something if you have a contact there if you don't uh, andrew put some contact info on your on your website so, so people can contact you so that you know maybe you can get going collaborate with other people and get your name out there good work okay last one for the, for the band breakdown here. Uh, the last artist is called Ohio on High. Uh, this song is called Break You, and so we're going to listen to it. And again, while we're listening to the song, go over to facebook.com forward slash Ohio on High or Ohio on High, H-I, that is, dot com. And uh, check out what the band's got going on as you listen to this song. Ohio on High, Uh, very cool track. Definitely in the pop territory, and they are—they've got it. They've got this stuff down. Uh, the recording is tremendous. A very good recording, guys. Uh, don't know how or where you did it, but I like it. Don't know if you spent money on it or not, but uh, the drum recording is really good. I like the attacky nature of the kick drum, and then that snare drum is the kind that I like. If you, especially if you're going for big, loud pop-produced um, drums, which these are, uh, I like that. the uh, the The way I would describe the snare drum sound. And I'll, let's see if I can get a clip of it here. It's uh, sandy. It you can hear the the graininess of it, kind of a thing, and it, it has to do with the bottom snare and I don't know, just being processed or compressed, right? But listen. So you can hear right there that you know that that's that's the kind of drum recording. If you're looking for a big loud. Recording. I like that one. That's that's the style. I think I dig it. Now, here's what jumps out to me right away is I want to talk about a note. Just one note makes the song good to me, and it's a note that the guitar player does in this first verse. Now, it kind of trips me out that it doesn't really happen elsewhere in the song. It's like this verse one, and it's my favorite part of the song. It gives the song a vibe of a circus or. That's all I know how to describe it as. It almost is a circus vibe. It's very playful, uh, and it's a, an ominous. Type of uh, playful, and it's a it's a non diatonic note, meaning it doesn't belong to the major scale. The note is uh, I'm going to describe it as a sharp four. Maybe you could say it's a flat five. But um, listen to the clip and see here. Listen to the note that doesn't really belong, but the way the guitar player plays it and phrases it makes it belong and gives all this uh, character to the song. So listen, listen what I'm talking about.
1: (laughs) Better. In past- <laughs>
0: okay, I might have confused myself now. I th- think it might be piano. I can't tell if it's piano or guitar. But here's what I'm talking about. Uh, listen to that in that section. You hear that. Something like that. That... Uh, And that really, that's cool. I I really like that. And I guess I was thinking it was guitar because I heard it again. The only other time I heard it in the song was once in the guitar solo. See if you hear it here. Right there. Do you hear that? I I dig that. I think it's a lot of character there. So I don't know if it's the piano in the first verse or or the guitar. I don't know why that was difficult for me to hear at this time. But... In any case, I hear the character and the play in there, and that's a stylized thing, and I wish there was even more of that kind of vibe in in the song. I like the keyboards in the song. I think that's there. And I'll tell you what else. These vocals are A+. They totally leap out of the track. The singer's got a lot of character and style. I can see a lot of people really... Latching on to that, I think it's very, very cool. I kind of like, would like to hear more from this band. I wonder how they're, how dynamic they they are. They've got me interested. Maybe you'll be interested to check them out too. But. I'd like to hear some of their quieter songs. I'd like to see what dynamics they do. But uh, this song is cohesive, and it makes sense, and the production fits the song and the style. Uh, and that is definitely a big deal, contrasting back to looking back at the uh, the second band on here, Elk Grove. I think um, I think this is a good example of a band's whole uh, recording being cohesive for what it is. Now, although I know this is pop and that was more experimental, nonetheless, the style of the recording and the style of all the devices used um, are kind of in sync. Okay, so last thing I want to say about this band is being that it is pop and that it is polished and that it is very, uh it's all there, there is a problem sometimes with that style of music and that is it kind of comes under higher degree of, of scrutiny so think about it this way if the the more polished something is and the more on point it is it's actually easier to criticize because it sounds like there's no excuse for it not to be really great um because it was obviously done well in the first place. And that, that might seem a little counterintuitive, but just think about the way when you hear live music, how you're super forgiving of it, or somebody speaking live, or, or improvised music like jazz, you forgive a lot. And then when you can tell that something is, is done on a high level, you know, you now expect everything about it to be on a high level. So, you know the even the lyrics and the hookiness of all the melody and the length of the song and how long stuff goes all of a sudden you start to hear things you know you, you, there's you don't qu- you are not as forgiving when you know something's done at a high level. Is what I am saying. So, the more stylized a band is, or less pop, the more they can get away with. So, imagine a droney, heavy kind of band that's mostly instrumental with some screams in it. It's hard to criticize that because they were obviously being arty and and really out there. So, it's you know, on some some hand, bands hide behind artiness and don't have to get things right. And on the other hand, bands try to sound so professional that they're they're competing with the most professional things out there, songwriting, lyrics, and production. So that's what worries me about this is, man, you're trying to compete with, I I can't even imagine with this music. Like uh, you need a, a, this needs to be a number one hit somewhere uh, because it doesn't, it's not as niche as, let's say, an experimental ambient or technical or math rock or, or things like that. So I think you always have to figure out uh, and that, I mean I guess that's the inherent thing with pop music is it is designed to be reach the widest possible audience. And so with this band, I would want to see them or know what further if they could be maybe a little more niche because the next thing that might be criticized here would be the song writing itself and the lyrics and could this be now I, now we have to listen to this band and say could this be on the radio and could and can it beat uh, nickelback and panic at the disco and fallout boy to be on the radio that's that's the the territory that this band is um kind of looking at so on on one level that's amazing but you've set your uh competition uh, obviously really high so good luck to you there but and I, I I'm not being facetious or saying you, you can't do it but you're gonna need the song of a lifetime to make it um, to make it to the top here with this so uh, you you might want to consider co-writing with other people and taking this sound and giving even more character maybe more of that circusy vibe that I'm talking about and really getting this to be something super unique and then no matter what you're gonna need the best song in the world like you're gonna need a song that doesn't miss a phrase or a note or a beat or a lyric. And um, yeah, I mean, good luck to you. It it sounds intimidating. I I like to hide behind some time changes and screaming to make sure that, you know, we don't have to compete with the big boys and have an excuse to be a little bit more uh, out there. You know, it's just kind of a a safe place to hide. But think about, I don't know, I'm, I'm just on this tangent now, but think about Party in the USA. It's a really good song. Everybody likes it or everybody makes fun of it. But here's one thing that it's not easy to write that. It's not easy to write a song so simple and so poppy that everybody can like it. It is easy to criticize it, but it's harder than you think to write it. So the more commercial it is, it has to really, really be there. So, I want to say good luck and thank you to all the bands. But this is Ohio on High. They are actually from Ohio. Um, it seems like they're pretty active. It seems like they're doing well. They've got a good Facebook fan base going. And uh, I hope I hope they go really, really far. So I want to say thank you to all the bands on this episode. Great stuff. And, again, if you want to have your band on here, it's a Break it down pod at gmail.com. I'll be back next week with uh, another episode, Uh, something interesting. I don't know what it is yet, but trust me, it's going to be great. All right, thanks, Downers. Talk to y'all soon.
1: Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.
2: Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference...